0: Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I thought we would discuss the big books in our lives since the holiday seasons are coming up, and hopefully all of us will have a little bit of extra time to dig into a good read and maybe um, give something that we can get completely engrossed in. So we want to give you some good picks to do that.
1: Yes. Um, Well, let's talk about the big books first before we get into that. Cause my list is going to be short. Okay.
0: So, so you're not a big, you're not a big book
1: fan. I mean, I have to say that like, I just end up putting them off because they're daunting. Cause they're long. And you know, of course when you're in the middle of one of them, it, you, the the pages go by and you don't really notice it as much. But I think when you're trying for me anyway, when I'm trying to decide what to read next, if it's like a 600 page book, I don't know. I sort of am like always going to like find something else to read in front of it because it just – it seems overwhelming and daunting.
0: All right. So basically what we're talking about is there is some sort of psychological game that comes with the big read. Because like you said, once you get into them – and who doesn't like like a good book that's just so good that you just don't want it to end? True. But you never know – I guess there's some hesitation about is this going to be the book that is that that's worth the investment. And there is always that temptation to say, okay, I've got this big book that I'm looking forward to, but I can finish this 250-page one really quickly.
1: Yeah. that's See, that's what happens to me. As and me then life.
0: get to my big book. And then you just keep doing that and doing right. that. Right.
1: Right. Uh, I think that's what happens to me as I like – calculate the opportunity cost of a really big book. And I'm like, well, that could be like three other books. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then sometimes the really big ones get super, super popular and hyped like the goldfinch for example. And then, um, once they're like super hyped and popular, then I've lost interest in them entirely. So I never read the goldfinch. There's a bunch of other really big fat books out there that I never read. Cause I'm just like, do you think you'll
0: ever read it or are you just sort of like,
1: no, I don't know. I like, I know a lot of people love it, but then I've also heard people say that it really needed to be edited better. And I, I mean, it's sitting on my shelf. Have you read it? You didn't you or no?
0: I read it when I first came out for book club. I feel like I didn't finish it though. <laughs> <laughs> I really recommend if you're going to read a Donatard, I want you to read the secret history.
1: Yes. I have that on my shelf too. I, I think feel like I will that start would be that
0: one. more up your alley in terms of It's a college book, you know, it follows the mystery of this college students, but it's a lot about their relationships with each other and I guess a coming of age story. So I just think that that would be more appealing. Not that the Goldfinch isn't coming of age as well, but I just think that if you're going to sink into a big, long book like that, just knowing how much we love college books, I think it helps with a secret history.
1: And secret history is a lot shorter. I mean, it's probably like 400 something rather than 600 or whatever.
0: The mammoth book that was. Now I'm curious about that. I don't know. I mean, The Secret History was one of those books that it may have been long. It may have been big, but I was just just happy to read it. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. And what is that about? What is that about with having payoff in terms of wanting to read a shorter book? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. It's 559 pages, by the way. Which one? Secret Secret History. History. Oh, that Mm -hmm. is longer than I thought. Yeah, it was pretty long. Let me look up the goldfinch.
1: Now, I mean, I think there's a few different factors. I mean, first of all, people have reading goals. You know, um, unlike most book bloggers who seem to achieve their reading goals very easily, I feel like I'm always like, it's always an effort for me to get to where I want to get. So for me, like a big book is like, that's like, okay, well, you know, I've got to read faster. I've got to devote more time if I'm going to stay
0: on schedule and some sort of a pace. So there's that. And then, but is that a head game too? Because if, if you get like a big book, but it's just juicy and every minute you want to read it, and it just keeps you turning the pages late into the night.
1: Yeah, that may be the case. But I think the problem for me is I'm doing all of that calculating before I've started the book. So I don't, I don't ever get to that point where I'm like totally into it because I've probably passed it over too many times already.
0: Okay. So I'm reading a big book right now. And it is one of those books that I, I find that I can't, you know, like if I, if I have time in my day, I want to pick up this book and just, I want to see what happens next. I'm reading the mermaid and Mrs. Hancock by Imogen Hermes Goar. And it's really good. It's like unexpectedly good. What's it about? I don't know. It's sort of hard to categorize, but basically I guess it's sort of historical fiction that would be set in Charles Dickens' time, written in that style. And it is about uh, a merchant who finds a mermaid which he puts on display and just how this touches so many lives and how it changes it changes his life it changes a lot changes a lot of people's lives for better or for worse and it 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 is an interesting look at prostitution both at that time and you know it has very interesting questions to consider in terms of i guess autonomy autonomy for women I'll say and the choices that women have hmm Both in this time, but I think that a lot of them are sort of things that we think about in terms of how free are you in your life. So I have 100 more pages. I have a feeling that this last 100 pages will probably shape everything that I think about the book. So, but it's really good. And it is, let me see, it is 484 pages. Yeah, that's long. Yeah. But I I started it not long ago and it's going very quickly. So the yeah. goldfinch this edition that I'm looking at is like 700 and something pages and I finished it. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, just, I just let me look. Think this is um, let me see what. Oh, that is the hardcover edition that had um, 771 pages. All right, so. Let us get into – okay, so one of the popular long books that we talk about is A Little Life. Yeah, that's – Which neither of us finished. I mean, and I didn't get past like the first chapter.
1: Really? No. I thought
0: you had gotten – I thought you had made
1: quite a bit of progress with that. Maybe it was a little more than that. I couldn't keep the four guys straight. And right. I couldn't keep their relationship to each other straight and who was who. And that book was so hyped and it was so long. And I just said, I just, I can't do this right now.
0: <laughs> well, the thing about that is I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, it was really difficult for me in the beginning to keep everybody straight. But after it's it's one of those books that you kind of have to hang, hang with it. And they start to differentiate themselves.
1: Yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just did not click with that book. And I mean, again, still sitting on my shelf. I didn't, I haven't gotten rid of it. And <clears throat> I know so I had many made it half.
0: I had made it halfway through. And I I think it's going to be one of the books that I pick up over the holidays and finish up. Really? I mean, this year? For, yes. For me, it was too depressing. It was just grim. It was just, it had gotten into unrelenting grimness for me and I needed a break from it, but I really did love her writing and I really love the characters.
1: Well, it sounds to me like probably worth picking back up again for you. Uh, Yeah, I just, I didn't read it. I've kind of put that in the same boat with the goldfinch. I mean, everyone is, was so into it and then they were both so long and I'm just like, oh, there's like all these other books I want to read. I don't know what I have. This thing that when like books get so popular, actually one of them that's long, that was also super popular has ended up in my books. I would recommend list. Um, I kind of put it in the same boat as those, and that is all the light we cannot see, which is 544 pages. And for me, like I put that one off and I put it off and I put it off and then I just finally decided it was time to read it. I think I got it on audio or something and then i got into it and that was good and that one goes fast cuz some of those chapters are super short so 544 is probably a little bit um deceptive
0: but i kind of So it you in think the, the short chapters the short chapters give you that momentum?
1: Yeah, like a sense of accomplishment like things are happening. Like i hate reading a book and i feel like i'm not getting anywhere in it. Like what was the book that i just read that i was like i'm not getting oh um a place for us which got way better at the end. But like, I just hate that feeling of like, I'm not getting anywhere. I love when I'm flying through a book and I'm like, this is so good. And I, I can't wait to get back to it. And
0: like, it feels like dynamic and moving. So I think the interesting thing about talking about long books is it gets into what you're looking for and why, why you read. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Right. So if like, all you care about is just notching books on your list, then <laughs> that's why you don't like long books. You know, like if you're just like, I just want to read as many books as I can and, and somehow like publicize so many books I've read. And I don't think that's me. Um, I mean, I certainly have goals of how many I'd like to hit, but that's not like, you know, I don't read enough to like, that'd be sort of sad if that were my motivation for reading. Cause I read so few books, but I don't know. I like to feel like it's not a chore. And I like to feel like, like, like right now I'm in the middle of a book that I can't wait to get back to. Like I literally cannot wait to, to dry my hair or do whatever it is that buys me three minutes to read my book. Cause I read my book while I'm drying my hair or, you know, like I'm in the car and I've got a, a 10 minute ride and I'm like, Oh good. I can get 10 minutes on the audio. I'm just like dying to get back to it. That okay, is the what best book is feeling in the world. Um, one day in December.
0: Oh, right. You texted me. I texted about, you that about it. One. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like, it's not great literature, but it was just what I needed right at the right time. And I, it has hooked me and I just, I can't wait to get back into it. And that, like, that is the best feeling ever when you right. just want you, when you're like sad to be parted from your book.
0: That's how I'm feeling with this one. Like
1: I'm reading book.
0: it. Yeah. When I'm on the way to someplace and then I'm already as I'm at the event, which is not good because I'm not being <laughs> present. I'm like thinking about being in bed and reading my book. Oh, and I love that. I read a little bit this morning and I'm just like, Oh, I got a hundred pages. You know, I'm probably going to finish this at some point today. I love that. I love that. You're like, this is
1: just the best feeling. That's why that's like a true reader.
0: Who will, like, uh, who will sacrifice? And even though this is, you know, so now I'm not thinking about the page count. It's just so, it's totally what's going to happen next. You know, when can, can I get my next fix of what's going on with this? Like I said, I'm not sure. Part of the story is just so being present and seeing what happens because, like I said, I feel like the last hundred pages will probably shape my thoughts on the whole book and like if I described what it's about after reading the whole thing, because right now I'm not sure. It's just like a lot of things are going on and I'm really enjoying the story and the characters and where it's going. But I feel like I might have different thoughts once it's concluded. Yeah. All right. So you, um, you told us what you are reading, which is the, a day in December.
1: Yeah. One day in December, I think
0: it's called. one day in December. Yeah, and what's Silver. that about?
1: So it is about, um, I mean, it just, it sounds kind of silly when you say what it's about. Um, and you said it sort of reminded you of that book one day by David Nichol. So it's about, uh, a 20 something girl is on a bus in London around Christmas time. And she kind of looks up and there's a guy sitting in the bus shelter and their eyes meet. And there's like this instant connection between the two of them. And, She's like, oh, my God, this is love at first sight, but it all happens really fast, and the bus pulls away, and he can't get on the bus, and so they don't ever connect. So she spends the next year of her life looking for him. She and her best friend call him busboy, and she's constantly looking for him, and he's become this ideal, you know, this, like, if she could only find busboy, that's the guy for her. And then about a year later, her best friend invites this guy she's been dating to their house for a party. Um, They live together, she and her friend. And it turns out her best friend is dating him. He's busboy, So, you know, they're thwarted from being together because he's now involved with her best friend and they don't want to say anything and they don't even acknowledge to each other whether or not they remember this whole thing. And so the book follows the next 10 years of their lives as they... Kind of go in and out of each other's lives and what they mean to each other and how their relationship evolves. That's all I'll say about that. I mean, it's like post college, and this all happens in London. Um, it's, you know, it is one of those post college books and it sounds super mm. cheesy, but it's, um, I don't know, it's got some heft to it, it's got some twists and turns, and it's just sucked me in. You know, I can't explain it. It was the exact book I needed. I had just finished a book that was very dark. And, um, that was much more of an effort to get through. And I just felt like this is, this is exactly what I needed. And I'm, and it's long, it's probably over 400 pages, but I'm almost done. And it's just, it has flown because I I have devoted lots of time to it. I've got it audio and print and I'm spending as much time with it as I can. Oh, so you're double teaming it. I am. Let's see how long it is. One day in December. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like dense print or anything um this book came out in October I picked this up at book expo did you get it there Mm-mm. I don't remember where I got it uh 460
0: if they did did they say in the description that um that he ends up with her friend like is that yes. something that you know yeah I wouldn't have picked that book up why that would have bothered me <laughs> why it seems it like seems- torture And to go through 10 years of hit and miss, you know, hits and misses or running into each other. Hmm.
1: I, yeah, I mean, well, that's sort of what the whole point is. It's all about, like, the timing of life and um, how.
0: Yeah, I get enough timing of life in life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that's sort of what this is. This kind of is supposed to be, like, real life. It's not supposed to be this, you know.
0: It's funny. Yeah, but if I'm going to read, like, a book like that that seems like it's supposed to be a romance, you know, or sort of light, I don't want one where the dude is dating her friend.
1: See, that's that's where you and I would differ because I think I would find it uninteresting if they just, you know, hit it off and that was that and then it just turns into a romance. Like, I love the, the ins and outs and twists and turns. There's one point where someone says to him. Well, they don't have to
0: hit it off. And it be an instant romance. I mean, you definitely want so much, some challenge. I wouldn't want it to be her friend. The friend. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact yeah. that it's the friend. Because something either has to happen, something has to give for that relationship to work. Like either she wasn't a good friend, so then it doesn't matter, or the friend is going to die. I mean, something has yeah, to happen yeah. to yeah, fair accommodate that. And it's just like, yeah. nah, not it, there for that. Could it, could it just be the passage of time?
1: I mean, it's not, it isn't that simple in the book. Well, yeah, right, fair enough. Um, maybe that's why you didn't pick the book up.
0: Probably. Yeah. Also that cover. <laughs> you don't like the cover. It's, it's cartoony. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. I was, you know, when I saw that cover, when I looked up the book and you said you were reading that, I was shocked. <laughs> but then you're, but your tastes are changing. You're, you're from much more lighter fare than I've known you previously.
1: But I read one, I read one day which is very similar to this, like five years ago. I just like to mix it up, you know? Actually, The um, the Light We Lost. Did you read The Light We Lost?
0: You really like Jill Santopolo, right? I
1: did like that book, and she it's kind of similar. She has a new similar. book coming out. She does? Mm. Mm. Uh, I've now forgotten what that's about. Oh, no, I mean, it's kind of a similar book. The Light We Lost. It's like that post-college foursome in New York. Um. Oh, yeah. It, they're You know what? They're really similar books. And I read that last year, September last year. So I, you know, I like to mix it up with some lighter stuff.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it just I, can't be too light. And you said this has some heft. Yeah. Has some so heft. this sounds like, a you know, a good pick. Like I said, I just don't like the friend thing. One day did not have that kind of aspect. It was just like... It was different in that they met and 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 life got in the way, but it wasn't the best friend element. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was dating her friend. It was just they were always at different places in their lives.
1: I'm reading. I'm, I'm looking this up now. I read it in about two, oh, wow, 2010. That was a long time ago.
0: What, one day? S- yeah. That's Is when it I read really it. really been that long? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. <sighs> uh, let's see. They. I'm just looking. Oh, they check in with them every year on the same day. Right. It's oh, a good book. Yeah. Um, I remember there's a twist at the end that was particularly sad. Um, yeah, it's kind of similar to that. But I don't know. It was This hit me at the exact right time. I had just finished Red Clocks, which is super dark and heavy and really negative. And
0: stressful. Yeah, so why didn't you – you haven't really talked. I think we heard you talk about the fact that you were reading Red Clocks, but – um. Give yeah. us your summary of it. Yeah, because I think
1: I finished it after we last our, our last show. Um, so Red Clocks follows four women living in the Pacific Northwest, and there's this new law that's been passed, the Personhood Amendment. I think that's what it's called, unless I'm confusing that with another book. But basically it outlaws uh, IVF, abortion, and adoption – by any one other than a married couple. So it's basically like, imagine our worst conservative nightmare being played out as far as women's reproductive freedom and family law. And so there's four women living in the Pacific Northwest. One is a teenager who gets pregnant. One is a single woman who's trying to get pregnant. One is a mom in an, um, an unhappy marriage. And one is like sort of a a doctor a woman who follows like herbal medicine and is like trying to, you know, she's sort of trying to help other women who she's kind of an underground doctor. She tries to help other women who are, you know, pregnant or have some issue that usually has been brought about by men. It's a very anti male book. There's not a single maybe there's one sympathetic male character in that book, but it's very it's a very pointed political book about our <laughs> political climate and, you know, cautionary about what can happen if we let legislation go too far. And it's good. Um, it's a little weird. And it's it's just, you know, like things don't go well for any of these women. So it's all about that. And um, when I finished it, I just was like, I need something light. <laughs> <laughs> And One Day in December fit the bill perfectly. So that was good. Um, but I recommend Red Clocks. I liked it. And I, I think it's an important book. And I think, I mean, I, you know, we're recording this on the day after Election Day. And I'm heartened by the 100 women that were nom- that were uh, voted into office last night for the House of Representatives, which is great. And I feel like you read a book like Red Clocks and then something like Last Night happens and you feel a little bit, more relieved and a little bit like, okay, the world is reverting back to a more reasonable place. But like last week it felt super dark and Mm I felt like, like, shit, is this where we're headed as a country? And that's clearly her point. And that's why she wrote it. I'm sure when she did. And you know, that was, that was the point of the book. Um, it's just all about being a woman and like how, when your freedoms are taken away, just how awful that is. But it's just slightly more realistic than Vox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and better written than Vox. So, yeah. So that's what I'm reading now. Um, so
0: thumbs up for Red Clocks, thumbs down for Vox. Yes. Thumbs up for One Day in December.
1: Thumbs and, up for One Day in December. Oh, and then my next As book the is, yeah, I'm going to start. Lighthearted the,
0: book that you're going to need after Red Clocks. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's the that's the sherbet sure after, after the heavy course. Um, and then I'm going to read uh, the new Jean Thompson, which is our new book club book. So that, that's, up, that's on tap. I'm supposed to be reading it, but because I can't put down One Day in December, I keep reading that instead of just relegating it to audio. Right. So you have the big tome, the mermaid book. What else is on your shelf right now that you're reading?
0: Um, I just got the audio for transcription by Kate Atkinson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had said that last time. You um, mentioned
1: it. That you mentioned a book. I don't know if you mentioned you were going to get the audio, but you. I know we've talked about that on the show.
0: Yeah, I did, I um gave it a listen in audio, and I think I can do this one in audio. So, and I don't have any version of the print, so I'll see how I do with that, or if I have to run and get a print version. But so far, so good. Um, it's a spy, it's a spy novel. I like Kate Atkinson. Um, it's sort of a dual storyline where this woman's, yeah, I did talk about this. This woman's past, um, of when she worked for MI5 comes back to haunt her. Right. You did talk about that. Yeah. So I'm still listening to that. I'm, um reading my mermaid book. And then I have like, um, I have like, a uh, I started the daily stoic, even though it is November it's Ryan holiday's, Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living, which is sort of just like one of those that you read one inspirational quote a day. And it's a lot about—it takes a lot of its, um, I guess, aphorisms and quotes from, like, ancient teachers, Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, lots of Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. Like, as I look through this, I'm thinking— only Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's like So you're just reading a little bit of it every day? Like I'm doing the daily ones, but I have gone back and am reading it. It seems like this will be the book that you sh- uh, I should start from the beginning because I think the lessons build on each other. But it's just it's interesting to read as well. So I picked that up, and yeah, I think that's about it. I want to finish my mermaid book, and then I just got this book called The Farm that's coming out in May of 2019, so either I'm going to read that or maybe Lincoln and the Bardo next.
1: Ooh, Lincoln and the Bardo. Curious to hear what you think of that. Did you read that one? No.
0: You didn't? It looked too weird. Yeah, that's that was my thought. But so many people talk about it, so many people have mixed feelings about it that I'm just kind of curious. And back over the summer when I was in DC, Adam gave me his copy. So
1: yeah, I'll be so curious to know what you think and whether you think I will like it because you know my taste. Right. Yeah.
0: All right. So we've had a pretty rambling discussion that well, I, I think I, I, I did will bef- let you know the philosophy of what we think <laughs> about long books, what we're currently reading. And now we're going to get into our recommendations. Yes, uh, what yes. were you going to say? No, no,
1: I didn't. I didn't know if you wanted to still to wrap it up. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. I didn't know where you were headed, but I agree. I have a few recommendations, three I've read one I've already talked about and one I haven't read, but it's supposed to be great, but I'm adding it to that list of long books. So, um, and mine are super long. These are super backlist. Like these are very old.
0: Okay. So why don't you start? I'm sure you have more current stuff. Well, I read the clockmaker's daughter by Kate Morton and I believe I don't know. It was it was over four hundred and fifty pages, The Clockmaker's da- Daughter, and it is. I mean, I think this book. It, not that it's just for Kate Morton fans. Like, if you like stories that are very atmospheric, um, it it goes back and forth between the past and the future. It is sort of about this house that has had many things happen in it in both past and the future. And it's sort of haunted by a spirit. If you like those kinds of books, you'll like this, but it's 450 pages. So you, you do, you have to be there for the writing and to give that story time to unfold. Like if you're looking, it's, there are several different characters whose lives you're following. And it's one of those books where, it's quite a bit of time before it becomes apparent to you how they are all linked and overlap. But once that happens, it's so good. You know, once you start to pick at those threads, it's such an exciting read. And I like Kate Morton's writing. You've been talking about this one for a while. Yeah, probably because I got it and I was excited to read it. And then I probably spent some time reading it. I think the first hundred pages, even for me, went pretty slowly. Like, You are, you you know, you're with a bunch of different people and it's sort of like, okay, this is what this person's life is like. Where is this going? But once I got over that, you know, that I guess, I guess you'll call it world building. It was really good. Mm -hmm. And Black Rabbit Hall is similar in that vein where there's a house that has a lot of presence, dual storylines that, you know, interweave with each other it's by eve chase that one was really good it didn't come out this year but i think it's going to be on my list of top 10 for the year i loved it so much
1: i haven't even heard you talk about it before did i miss that
0: i think i did you might have missed it hmm. okay i'm always talking about atmospheric old houses <laughs> <laughs> all right so what have you got
1: well mine are a lot older um, but if talking about like doorstop books that I really loved and got totally into and sucked into. So I would recommend if you're looking for something to really, you know, escape into. Um, the first one is Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides, which uh, I
0: read. I had that on my list. Did I knew you, you were going to have it on your list.
1: Oh. So I added something else to my oh, list. Oh, that's so funny. I'm <laughs> glad to hear that you had it there too. Um, this can't – I read this – it's got to be – Twelve years ago, I don't know, really long time ago. I think possibly before I started blogging. No, 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 no. It was definitely after I started blogging. Um, it is. I looked it up. Five hundred and forty-four pages. Funny. Um, it's the same as all the light we cannot see. Same length. <laughs> um, and it's the story of a Greek girl who is born in the U.S. In Detroit. And <laughs> I'm trying to like pick my words carefully. Um, he, you don't want to give anything away, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I will. I mean, the title gives it away. It's it's actually about gender identity, which is of course so much more timely now than it was when this book came out. Where it probably he felt was more so precious, yeah.
0: Um,
1: let's see. I read it in 2010, also.
0: I remember reading that book, and along the way, he does give some statistics in terms of how often this happens, or you know, because he's done his research for the book, and just at the time yeah, kind of you saying like how not as many people were having these kinds of discussions and it was sort of an oddity to read this book.
1: Yeah. So it's about someone who's born a boy, feels like he's a girl, grows up in Detroit and I think maybe moves to some other places, but mostly in Detroit. And it's just all about his family. And it's, it's a very, very long book. It was, I did it on audio. It was 21 hours. It's just, if you like Jeffrey Eugenides, like, I feel like this is his masterpiece. So you got to be in the mood for it, but it's really rewarding. And I I finished it and really loved it.
0: What do you think really hooked you about it? Was it the sense of place? Was it the coming of age?
1: I think it's the writing. Mm -hmm. It was the writing. I mean, it was an interesting story. It wasn't so much the, there's a lot of detail in here, but like his Greek grandparents and stuff, um, I think it was just his he's an amazing writer. He's so clever and uh the story was so weird at times. The characters were weird. I remember there were some weird politicians and I don't know, there was a lot of
0: uh Had you read The Virgin Suicide to yes, this point? Yes,
1: I had read that and liked okay, that a so, lot too. And did you
0: seek him this book out because of that?
1: Um no, I think somebody read it. Maybe my mom or my dad, someone in my family, I feel like, read it and really liked it. And it had just gotten really good reviews. I think I was at a used book sale and I found it on um, cassette. Like, that's how long ago this was. <laughs> and I, or maybe it was disc. I can't remember now. But I so it bought it. I was like, oh, why not? And then I was like, you know, I've heard good things about audiobooks. Maybe I should try audiobooks. This is my first one. It turned me on to them.
0: Oh, this was your first audiobook. Mm-hmm.
1: First audiobook. So, I think that um, it was just coincidence that I came across the audio, and then the timing was good, and I thought, uh, I'll give audiobooks a try, and then I, it, that's what hooked me in, onto both the book and onto uh, listening to books on audio. I thought the narrator, I still can think of his voice in my mind. I remember it. I mean, again, that's like eight years ago, and I can exactly remember what he sounded like. Wow. So, yeah, so it was a good audio and it was just a good book. I mean, what did you think of it?
0: been a while. I remember enjoying it. I, re- I remember, I think, being intrigued by the writing. I, he is a very good writer. Yeah, it was an interesting book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I was not I, – I don't think – I think the story was a little odd in the way that it was told and that there were so many different characters in it. So I don't know that I – it, I, um, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. Okay. That's fair. It's definitely a
1: tome though. It's a big, <laughs> thick, dense book.
0: So, um, I was just looking at that narrator, Christopher Tabori, mm-hmm. since you were so taken. Actor, I have to see yeah. what, see what else he's read.
1: Yeah. Christopher Tabori, I remember I reading my review right here. I said, give him credit for embodying so many diverse voices through the 21 hours of male sex. He did. (laughs) I remember he did Cal's grandmother and it was, it sounded like, I think it's really hard sometimes for men to do women without it sounding vampy Mm -hmm. or like caricature. And I remember that. I remember that the, the female voices in this weren't good. I remember the same thing about, um, I feel like with fates and furies, I feel fates and furies may have been told by two narrators. The first half of the book uh the guy's story was done by a male narrator and when he did the wife's vo- voice it was not good the same mm-hmm. thing it sounded it sounded like you know falsetto i, don't like I actually that.
0: have fates and furies on audio i have not listened to this book and i have have you read it? the book somewhere nope wow i'm curious it, yeah that's a long one too that 14 be- hours it's not quite yeah. 14 hours. Right.
1: Lotto. One half's told Lotto and the other from Matilda. Uh, let's see. I said something about the audio, two books, two narrators. Uh, I didn't like, yes. oh it's so funny. I didn't like his Matilda too much of a falsetto. That's exactly what I just said. Um, I said, she sounded like a pansy. Um, but I liked the narrator for the second half. Oh yeah. So you should read Fates and Furies just because I'd love to talk about it with you. I didn't love it. <laughs> I didn't love it as a book, but. Um, Okay, I have some other big, thick books to recommend. Okay. Um, One is Free Food for Millionaires by Min Jin Lee.
0: And I have the companion to that, Pachinko.
1: Is that on your list to recommend? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So I have not read Pachinko. I have it in the house. I haven't read it. Um, Free Food for Millionaires, I mean, I must have read that. Ten years ago, let's see. I mean, look up and see when I actually read that book. Um, 2007, a lot more than that. Eleven years ago, and um, I don't remember it very well. I just remember I liked it, and it's a story about Korean Americans and the daughter of Korean immigrants growing up in New York, and um, her just sort of following her life. And if you would like Min Jin Lee, she is incredibly detailed and precise. And sets up beautiful atmospheric writing. Um, I would recommend, I would recommend free food for millionaires. I thought that was a great
0: book. What did you read? Pachinko. I read Pachinko. Yes. But you have not read free food. I didn't read free free. Whew. I didn't read free food. For mil- free food.
1: I can't it's hard say, to say that. It. Yeah, it's hard free to say. food
0: for millionaires. No, I didn't read that All right, one. Tell us so about Pachinko. we need to do a swap. So Pachinko is about a young woman who lives in a fishing village in Korea and she ends up i believe she i'm not sure i don't remember at this point whether she marries another korean korean man and moves to japan or whether the man that she marries is japanese and they move to japan but i believe um i believe it's two koreans who marry and they get moved in japan cuz a lot of it is about you know how the koreans are treated in japan it's a multi-generational story about what happens when um, when she gets pregnant and she starts a new life and just what happens to her children and how things change, you know, from when she was a little girl who is brought from this fishing village and how the fortunes of the family change and what befalls her children. So if you like those multi-generational family stories, mm-hmm. this is a really good one. Okay. I think she's born in 1911. So you definitely get it a chance to see how the world, you know, their world changes over four generations.
1: I, uh, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad that you liked it. I would recommend free food for millionaires. Maybe if you are looking for something to sink your teeth into over the holidays.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, what else is so on So what's list? next now? We have dual recommendations. That yeah. was fun. What else do you have? So one that I mentioned recently when we were talking about, I guess, horror stories or spookier reads that you could read was Night Film, which was, I think, like five, 496 pages by Marissa Pessel. So that was really good. I love the writing. Like I said, it explores um, this detective is looking into the suicide or what appears to be a suicide. He believes it's the murder of the daughter of this renowned filmmaker who's like known for making these incredibly creepy, maybe even possibly snuff films. And so his investigation into that dark world, it was really good. But And it is, it's quite an investment. It's 496 pages. We've talked about Barbara Kingsolver before. I really like the Poisonwood Bible. At this point, I do not remember a lot about it. I feel like it was, it's about missionaries, and um, a missionary family in Africa. It was really good, though. I, I remember just loving her writing. I never read it. Did you have anything else?
1: I had. Well, I mentioned all the light we cannot see, which I think is really long, but it, like I said, it goes really fast, um, and I liked it. Uh, I don't know if it deserved it the Pulitzer that year. I'm not sure about that, but I liked it. And then another one that is really long, but boy, is it a good book, is The Time Traveler's Wife
0: mm-hmm. by Audrey
1: Niffenegger. Um, you know, most people probably have heard of it by now and have either read it or have no interest in reading it. But I thought that was a beautiful book. And that's a big doorstop of a book that I kind of put off for many years. And then I picked it up and I thought it was great. It got really lost in that one, too.
0: So All the Light We Cannot See. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 2015. 20- 15. It won the Audi Award for fiction in 2015. And then it won a bunch of other awards. Literary Peace Prize for fiction. It was a runner-up. I mean, everyone loved this book. It was a Goodreads Choice Award for historical fiction in 2014. I, I, I didn't love this book. <laughs> no? Just we we had talked about that. If you listen to like one of our early podcast, I believe in 2016, we talked about, you know, enjoying the book, but just sort of not like, mm-hmm. did you think it felt contrived? I just thought it was going to be, it would have been better. It had an element of magical realism to it that I think I said, and I still don't think really fit. I mean, it, it was fine with that. Was it a bell or a light or there was something that I can't really remember anymore that I was just sort of like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it was just, to me, that story was, it was just okay in every way. You know, it was fine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think it, I think you're right that it got way more, I don't know, accolades than it
0: necessarily deserved. It was not our book. No. I really love The Great Believers. That came out over the summer. Rebecca Mackay. It is, it's about, it's about multiple stories, multiple timeline. One is like 1980 Chicago, just as, the AIDS epidemic is taking off and it back in that time period follows a young, um, I guess he's like a, he curates, he's a curator at a museum who's coming upon his big, a big acquisition. He's also a gay man who's one of his friends has just died and he's in a new relationship. And the other part of the story is told by the sister of the young man that he knew who died. And it's from her perspective in the present, as she searches um, for her daughter who's become involved in a cult and is sort of just trying to find her in Paris and repair their relationship. And it is so good. I love
1: that. It's funny, that was on my list too. Uh, I haven't read it, but I've heard great things and I know it's really long. So I, <laughs> I was on my list. Our lists, considering how little we, you and I prepared for this in, ter- in terms of interaction with each other, our lists were shockingly similar.
0: Um, yeah. And this, this was one of those books that I ha- did have that experience where I would be reading it. And, you know, you put, you have your reading time and you put it aside to do other things. And I would just find myself just wanting to get back to the story as soon as possible mm-hmm. to see what was going on. So it's like, it's a, it looks like a big book, but it it reads very quickly. Um, It's 421 pages, so it's long, but in terms of like some of the other books that we're mentioning that are 500 pages, you know, it's not like it's, it's not like it's so daunting, Gail. Yeah. Okay. I think you could, you can sneak, you can sneak it in and it'll go fast. I'm going
1: to try to read that before the end of the year. It's definitely, um, it's on my shelf and it's. I've heard such good things about it, so I'm going to try to read that.
0: All right. So, do you have anything? I had on my list, and this is super. I mean, if you haven't read it, actually, I read Jane Eyre as an adult, and I know you really like Jane Eyre, right? I think I do. It's been so long since I read it. (laughs) So I was going to read it again. Really, like oldie oldies. I had um, Jane Eyre, and I also had The Fountainhead. Which I don't really agree with the philosophy of it, but it's just one of those books that I feel like you need to read at some point.
1: Yeah, I never read that. If we're going to add super old books, I'd probably put Great Expectations on there. Eligible could be there. Eligible. That, Eligible was long. Oh my god, but it flew. That
0: book was. See, long. this should be at the top of your list. I guess you're right. It was. Yeah. It was a doorstopper. One that you embraced. Actually, here's another long one by uh it was
1: 492
0: pages uh, the print was really big
1: but you know what her (laughs) um her book American Wife that I think was pretty long I'll look that one. yeah that was that was pretty big and that was good I like that one a lot you know what I put that one off a long time too despite the fact that it was Curtis Sittenfeld I put it off because it was big and long it is 573 pages but that's it was a really good book and that did not feel like a chore when I got in the middle of that one that felt like
0: Pure pleasure. So Are you sure you're not whitewashing it a little bit?
1: No. No. I don't think I'm whitewashing it. Why? You think I didn't like it?
0: No, not that you didn't like it, but did the middle get a little long? Like No. It was really good. Hmm. I may have to read that. I haven't read that. Oh I've read Prep and I've read Eligible. And what else have skip, I read by her? Skip I haven't read
1: Land. Everything by her. Yeah. I well, didn't read there's Sister only Land. There's, there's six. So it first one's prep. Then came um, The Man of My Dreams, which you can skip. Then yeah, came, I think I read that, and that wasn't that great. No. Then came American Wife, which you should not skip. Then came um, Sisterland, which you can skip. Then <laughs> came um, Eligible. And then which came, I did not skip. Which you did not skip. And then came The Short Stories.
0: You think it, I'll say it, which I have both on audio and oh. in print. Okay, that should be, like, next on your list.
1: <laughs> Those are so good. That was out as a book where you, oh my God, I was trying to make that go slower.
0: Were you parsing out the story? Yes.
1: yes. Yes. I love that book.
0: All right. So we have given you some food for thought, some books to read over the holidays and enjoy. Some good ones that you can really sink into and have no fear. So until next time. Happy reading. <laughs> thanks
1: so much for listening to this episode of the readerly podcast you can find issues of readerly at readerlymag.com and you can find me gail blogging at every day i write the book which is at every day i write the and nicole at linus's blanket which is linus's blanket.com please subscribe to the readerly podcast at itunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts until next time keep reading